Matt Whitaker, former U.S. Acting Attorney General. This is such a great conversation about America, our future, what's going to save our republic. We have a great football player. Matt Whitaker is here. Matt. They tried to bury me. They didn't realize I was a seed. Whitaker. Former Acting U.S. Attorney General. Under President Trump. I'm going to be an unwavering supporter of law enforcement. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with your host, Matt Whitaker. Today's episode is sponsored by Save Missouri Values Pack. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with Matt Whitaker. I'm with my friend Ken Blackwell. Ken, glad you're here. Good to be with you, Matt. Yeah. Always. I, I just uh, we're here at the AFPI Policy Summit, and we've been just spending list, you know, really two days now listening to just wonderful panels talk about all the different things that are going on at AFPI and all their centers. And I know that you're running uh, the Center for Election Integrity, I believe it's titled. That's right. And um, you're working with Hogan Gidley, who's another good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And you guys have done some amazing work, but a lot of your work has been out in the States. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, because since you're a former Secretary of State in Ohio, you have a lot of experience with elections. Uh, talk to me what you've found, because I know a lot of people just glom the whole issue together, but you really have to almost go state by state. And I don't think we have enough time to do that, but just <laughs> could you highlight a few things you found and some of the things you've been able to make a difference in? Let me start by giving you a, a sense of the complexity of dealing with a decentralized uh, system. Mm -hmm. um, what we tried to do uh, in the last two years mm -hmm. is to stop the federal takeover yeah. of uh, elections. Uh, the brilliance of our system is that we have bought into a notion that Aristotle made very clear. He said that there's a dynamic tension between the organized power and muscularity of the state uh, and individual liberty. The more burdensome and intrusive the state, the less individual liberty we have. So the, the founders of our constitutional republic decentralized uh, a lot of the power, pushing it to not only state governments, but then to local governments, mm -hmm. using the principle of subsidiarity, uh, that that government that is closest to the people is the best, right. which then buys into what you and I have always worked on, the theory, is that the family mm -hmm. is the incubator of liberty and it's the most primary system of governance in our, in our experience. Uh, and so what we've tried to do as as we've gone back out into the states, is to start with the fact that there are over 3,000 counties mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the country. You, know, you have 50 states and territories, and they have their rules and regulations that determine the time, place, right. and manner of, of, of elections. But there are some basic tracks that are very important to maintaining the integrity of elections at the local level. One is a tight chain of custody. You don't want too many hands touching the ballot mm -hmm. once it leaves the, uh, the voter. Uh, and then the second is verification. Verification is simply, simply put, is making determinations that a voter is who he or she claims to be. Uh, and so we, we, we know that that's easier to do if election administration is at the precinct level. Yep. And so we have in fact tried to start by working at the precinct level and, level and building up. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, we have a saying, if you're not in the room, you're not in the game. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've realized is that a lot of precincts 
at the county level go uncovered. Uh, and therefore, as a consequence of that, there isn't a transparency, there isn't a bipartisan participation in the administration of elections that build voter confidence in the results. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. We want to build confidence in the results. Whether you win or lose, we want you to be able to say it was fair yeah. and square. Good. Well, and those that watch this show know that I get really excited when Greek and Roman philosophers are mentioned. So um, that quote from Aristotle that you mentioned reminds me of what Reagan also said, which is, as government expands, liberty contracts. It's kind of, he that's said right. it's as true as a physics equation. That, that, uh, that's right. It, it's the same thing uh, that, you know, that, that, you know, that it's so important that, that, that an all-powerful state does infringe on an individual liberty and unlimited individual liberty obviously infringes on state power yeah and some would argue in a pretty good way <laughs> well, and, and and that's why you know this is not just just philosophy this is yeah. this is practical human experience yeah. and that is look one of the things that we know in american in the american history is that there was a time when we had to be uh, concerned about access to the ballot. Uh, there were unfair restrictions. I, I know as a kid growing up, before I even was able uh, to vote, uh, given that I was not 21, mm -hmm. uh, I did work in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and, mm -hmm. and other places uh, with the civil rights movement. I, I would do, uh, I would drive up when I was 16, or I would run errands. Uh, to make sure that uh, the civil rights workers who were registering people got the job done. Mm -hmm. But I remember back then, you know, there were restrictions to access yep. uh, to the ballot. I mean, there were times in, in precincts when people were going to vote, uh, and before they could vote, they had to tell the registrar uh, how many jelly beans were in a yep. jar. And if they couldn't tell them how many jelly beans were in a jar, they didn't get the vote, they had to go home. Uh, and so the civil rights movement focused in early on on access to the ballot. Mm -hmm. But as we began to, to win case after case and we built capacity for mm -hmm. people to have access to the ballot box, starting about maybe 14, 15, 16 years ago, I started to focus on the other voting right, and that is the right not to have your vote negated right. by an illegal ballot. Right. Uh, and so we started, to, we started to say, look, within the context of American citizenship, there are rights and there are duties. Now, duties can be overly burdensome, but a simple duty uh, is when you're expected to show some sort of proof that you are who you claim to be, mm -hmm. so people don't have to worry about your ballot negating theirs because it's illegal. Right. Uh, and so we have started to, we started to push, uh, particularly after the Supreme Court decision in 2018, to have local precinct workers require photo ID. Yeah. And I, I'll just tell you, Matt, that's so simple because it's not over, overly burdensome. Photo ID is such a uh, rapid part of our, of our culture uh, that it's a, it's a yeah. reasonable step to take to make sure that people can feel comfortable that their ballot, which was a legal ballot, was not negated. 
And you're so, it's so true. If you think Ken, about all the things in our society that require a photo ID to buy beer, uh, to get on an airplane, uh, and, and we could just go through the list of all the various to cash a check. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's, it's a basic security feature of modern uh, living that you have a photo ID uh, that says who you are, and, and they compare that to the voter rolls. And, and, and I know that you often say, and I'll, I'll say it for you, <laughs> is we want to make voting easier and cheating harder. Right? Absolutely. And <laughs> let me give you a, a, another example. Because we're here uh, for this podcast in, uh, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Georgia had major reforms uh, last year in their election law, and one of those reforms was the, the requirement of a photo ID. Yep. Um, the left went crazy, uh, and uh, you had Major League Baseball go woke, uh, and they decided to move the All-Star game, which was, which was, which was uh, supposed uh, to be here in Atlanta. In, in yep. Atlanta, and move it to uh, Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Now, just think about this. Uh, one, if I'm a shareholder of the Cincinnati Reds, and if I would leave you, well, I'll feel better when my Cardinals. Uh, we, <laughs> We're talking you know, senior circuit now. Right. <laughs> if, you know, if if I would leave you tickets at the will call window to come see the Reds and Cardinals play, yeah. which you, you will. To, <laughs> I'm excited about that. You had to show a photo ID. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine going up to that will call window and showing them your, your utility bill? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't stand. So, right. I, you know, I, I challenge the commissioner. Uh, to the disgruntlement of a lot of my, my, my buddies, I said, give me a break. You're going to take an all-star game, which was uh, going to generate, by all reasonable estimates, $110 million yeah. you know, for the city of Atlanta, a, a city that is well over 50% black. Yep. Send it to Denver, Colorado, you know, which was 9% black. Mm-hmm. And Colorado has more restrictive laws than the reform yeah. laws yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it was one of those things to say, make you say, huh? Exactly. What's, what's happening? Exactly. And so that's, that's what we challenge. We, we, we challenge you know, the, 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 the response to the explosion of common sense that the American mm-hmm. voters are, 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 are expecting us to apply yeah. to, to elections, to build confidence. Right, and, be, be, and I've said this uh, really ever since the 2000 election, and that is is that no matter what you think happened, and there's a lot, I run into people all over this country that do not believe the results of the 2020 election, and, and, you know, and there, there are instances you can point to, including what happened in Wisconsin with the former Supreme Court Justice's report that demonstrated you know, sort of the turnout in mm-hmm. some of these uh, nursing homes, for example, right. and how and the same verification signature was on all 20-some right. ballots from, that, from nursing homes. You, know, you can point to these examples, and so, um, but what we can't have as a country, we can't have as a nation, it is, and, and it's not sustainable, is that almost 50% of the country believes uh, that the result was not what the result was I, I, published. That's so dangerous. That is so dangerous. And that's, that's why I think uh, the uh, D'Souza uh, film that's getting ready to come out, 2,000 Mules, yeah. uh, the uh, Citizen United the documentary, uh, rigged, which you star in, <laughs> <laughs> Molly Hemingway's book, yep. Rig, which uh, she'll be speaking uh, as she has been across the country. Uh, 
they focused on uh, illegalities, unconstitutional actions, uh, an an anomalies, you know, mm -hmm. and, and a host of irregularities that yeah. just erode confidence in, in the election. But we've started to focus on you know, the, the use of a, a, about $400 million in selected counties, uh, money that was launched through C3 organizations, yep. and then uh, uh, impacting uh, and being infused into targeted uh, uh, districts, uh, uh, counties, and, and, right. and, and precincts. Uh, that actually uh, gave you some skewed, you know, results. Mm -hmm. And when you stop to th just stop to think that uh, Arizona, Georgia, and uh, Wisconsin, those three states yep. combined, only forty-two thousand votes gave the ballot, yep. uh, gave the victory, the and the uh, electoral college uh, votes yep. to, to to Biden. You flip those forty-two thousand, yep. uh, and you get a different you get a different president. You get a different number at the yep. electoral college. And let me tell you, that is what is so important for us yep. that we focus in on those things that eroded uh, the even playing field and ultimately erodes confidence in the re yeah. in the results. Yeah, and each state sort of has their unique story. Uh, you, you point to those three. Um, you know, I went down to Arizona right after the election. Mm -hmm. uh, the president asked me to go down there and work with the team on the ground to, to see what had happened. And, you know, the, the, the official count was, I think, less than 10,000 votes uh, that Joe Biden won Arizona. Mm -hmm. And what we found um, was that a judge kept open the voter registrations illegally, inconsistent mm -hmm. with Arizona state law, right. kept it open for an extra 10 days, and they were able to register over 10,000 voters in Maricopa County. And, and ultimately, and lo and behold, that, that became almost the, exactly the margin. Yeah. Um, and, and so in each state, like I said, you can point to Wisconsin and what the, what the former uh, justice found there. Mm -hmm. You can point to Georgia. Fulton County. Fulton yeah. County. Right. I know there's some people that have done data analysis uh, on sort of substantially similar counties in Ohio mm -hmm. versus Pennsylvania, and they found some interesting <laughs> You know, uh, can't be explained. Uh, you know, it's the same group of people vote entirely differently. It can't right. really be explained just because they, you know, they saw different advertisements on TV. But um, I, we could talk about this all day. And you know, you're the expert. You've sort of had so much experience in this. And and I love the fact, and I didn't appreciate your history that you had uh, spent really a, a lot of your early uh, life working on access to the ballot. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you understand sort of sort of the games that are played at that level. And you know, that part of our nation's history is obviously mm -hmm. uh, repugnant and should have never been through that. And kind of the way that, you know, sort of post-Civil War reconstruction and really, you know, Jim Crow laws and all those kind of things is, you know, it's part of our American history, mm -hmm. um, but it's a very embarrassing part of it. And it's something that we need to make sure never happens again. But that's not what we're trying to do in, right. in this, in you know, in sort of this election integrity uh, fight is what we're trying to do is, to your point, is to make sure that every lawful vote is counted. That it's that it's easy to cast, but we mm -hmm. have protections right. that we're not foolish <laughs> uh, in in who votes and how they vote, and making sure that then it's counted and tabulated in a, in a proper manner. I think one of the more frustrating things for me is you know 
I look at my home state of Iowa, which mm-hmm. has done elections. You know, we, it's you know as long as far as the eye can see. And we we but we get our election results that night. We count them and they're verified. In fact, we had a recount in one of the congressional districts where um, the the night of the election, I think it was seven votes. The the Republican candidate won the congressional seat by seven <laughs> votes. They went back, did a recount, counted again, still seven votes. I mean, it's that kind of accuracy that I think uh, gives people confidence. And we talked about that. I want to completely mm-hmm. pivot because mm-hmm. I think, you know, you're such an interesting mm-hmm. American story and, and your, ser- your public service and you've ra- always raised your hand and said, I'm interested in serving. And I know, tell me about in the Trump administration, the president appointed you to the United Nations, but there's more to it. And, <laughs> you, well, you know, he, he, he used my experience. Yep. Uh, and uh, as, as we worked on the transition coming into the White House, I had worked in the State Department. I had been the uh, U.S. ambassador to the United Nations uh, in charge of the human rights por- yeah. portfolio. And so I had had the privilege of crisscrossing the globe uh, and, and, and watching uh, how various forms of government either empowered uh, individual mm-hmm. uh, freedom uh, and, and celebrated the dignity of the individual human mm-hmm. versus those that didn't have uh, citizens, but they had subjects. Yeah. Didn't have folks, you know, the brilliance, Matt, of our of our uh, uh, constitutional republic can be found in the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, which says we hold these truths to be self-evident. My dad used to say, that's a highfalutin way of saying any, any knucklehead should be able to get this, mm-hmm. that our, 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 our human rights, our fundamental rights are not grants from government, they're gifts from God. And so yeah. there's not a government on the face of the earth that can give you your human rights. They can only respect your human rights. Yeah. And that's throughout my 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 engagement as as a as an American citizen, uh, as a freedom loving citizen, mm-hmm. that's what I've I've worked on. And so we've tried to infuse that in every aspect of the the Trump administration and and Brooke uh, and and others who I work with and mm-hmm. making sure that we frame you know, our policies right based on that right. respect uh, was, was, very, was very helpful. And so uh, I, I, I now co-chair the International Foundation for Electoral Systems, funded primarily by the United States uh, Agency for International Development. And we okay. don't do elections in the United States, but we do elections all over the globe. And mm-hmm. so I've been able to, to find s- uh, systems uh, that 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 work, and I've been able to uh, advance policies in the election administration that actually empower the individual mm-hmm. and give them a, a sense of, of fair participation. But I'll tell you this: in 2020, there's something that we should always remember, uh, because there's the old adage on the left: never let a crisis go to waste. Yep. If you go back a hundred years, in uh, in 1918, we had the uh, Spanish flu pandemic. Yep. In 1929, we had major economic disruption. Uh, in 1968, we had waves of, of urban violence. In 1974, we in fact had the impeachment uh, process initiated against Nixon. Well, in 2020, we had all of the above. And yeah. so it was, you just think about the complexity, the mm-hmm. disruption of those phenomena economic uh, disruption, uh, a pandemic, we in fact, the left used it 
to yeah. radically change our election, our election system. One of the things that has benefited me is that in, in, in uh, about seven, seven, eight years ago mm -hmm. in uh, Liberia, they had Ebola, yep. you know, uh, but you know what? Those folks figured out a way to conduct in-person elections in that develop, developing country. Yeah. And what, what we did was abandon those things that give us a sense of, 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 of integrity to our system and, yeah. and ballot security yeah. uh, as well as access. Uh, and so uh, as I walk, uh, work across the globe, uh, one of the things that I know that the left is now pushing a, an accelerated push towards all mail-in balloting, yep. that's rejected every place that I've ever worked right. across the globe. Yep. Because that takes, it takes the human engagement at the local level out of the process. Yep. It is not as transparent as people working at the precinct level, people voting in person. Right. And that's why I will, I, I will just go down fighting uh, yep. to make sure that we we don't right. move in a, in, a, in a way that will just destroy uh, human engagement, yeah. citizen engagement in the process. And I talked about it on this very first uh, podcast show I did where the, the federalization of the election, what the bill they were proposing would allow you to register online, <laughs> request an absentee ballot online, and then send that in, ultimately with never anyone knowing that you were a real person right. or existed. It was, it's a frightening paradigm. And, and you know, to your point, anybody of, of common sense knows that we need to prevent um, you know, fraud. We need to make sure that legal votes are counted um, and they're cast by legal voters. But ultimately, it's the community piece that, you know, I, I think we just, for some reason, in today's internet world, you know, maybe, we don't appreciate that it was, you know, sort of the poll workers are your neighbors, and they know who you are, and they know, um, and so it, it's right. a very, very much that's an important part of our fabric. It was, you know, it's that basic precinct level that's your neighborhood yeah, that's voting right. block, where yeah, and you, you, know, got you said it. all politics are local, yeah. and, and you know you need to get it down to the yeah. basic kind of group, and that's, yeah, that's you're, your precinct. You're, you're, you're absolutely right, and, and I. To your, your audience, I would just encourage them to go to a 1981 book written by uh, John Nesbitt. It was called Megatrends. Okay, uh, and I in remember that, that. And in that book, he has a chapter called High Tech, High Touch. Mm -hmm. and, what he, and what he basically says is that as we rapidly move and develop high technology, uh, what we have to realize is that there are systems, there are processes, there are, there are human needs that require the, 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 the human touch. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think that that's what we have to do. Where do, can we use uh, uh, technology, uh, not at the, to the exclusion mm -hmm. of engagement, human engagement, people exercising human agency right. in the process, because it is the most important process of making sure that we are not subjects, yeah. that we are citizens, and those people who we give power to represent us in government still have a line of accountability mm -hmm. to us, yeah. not to some algorithm. To your point, the Constitution, <laughs> 
we the people. That's right. <laughs> and so we need to always remember it is the people that are in charge. They work for us and not vice versa. That's right. Well, that, we're going to leave it at that. How can people learn more about what you're doing or get a hold of you? Is there... Well, we can go to KimBlackwell.com okay. or you can go to uh, AmericaFirstPolicy.com and uh, look us up. All right. Well, Ken Blackwell, it is my honor to have you on Liberty and Justice. Uh, we'll have to do this again as we uh, progress towards 2022 and 2024. But you are a true American treasure, and I appreciate your time today. Right back at you, brother. All right. Thank you, my Good friend. To see you.